Welcome to The Luxury Code, where we decode the mindset, the marketing, and the business approach of successful luxury brokers. Hey, welcome back to The Luxury Code. Today, my guest, Michael Franco, 14-year veteran, New York City compass broker, one could argue luxury power broker. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So, so this whole game is trying to help the people that want to get into the higher end understand the, the nuances, the subtleties, the differences, what, what makes the, this business so special. And then for all of our friends that are in the luxury business to learn from one another, to share some best practices so everybody in the industry gets better. So I wrote down a bunch of questions, but the first thing I want to talk about is just New York City has been so fiery, excited, crazy, up and down. What's hot, what's not right now in New York City real estate? The market's hot. Yeah. So I had the best year I've ever had in my Congrats. career, and I was super psyched and super proud, only to find out that every top agent in New York also had their best year. <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. nobody shares anything. And I was right. like, oh, I thought I was the only one that had their best year. Give people context. What is a be what is best year for you? Uh, we ended the year with 170 million closed and pending, and we closed 135 million. I mean, that 135 transactions. No, 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 135 million. Oh, oh closed 135, opened yeah. 170. Right. I mean, Michael, that is, you know, we, we talk a lot and we don't show that. I was thinking back to Stanford, Connecticut, like a mm. million years ago when you took the train in and I was doing some funny little workshop we first connected. You have come such a long way, and that is tremendous volume. You say that the market's hot, but, but I still hear people saying, not in every price range. I still hear there's lots of inventory in the city. So, so give us some context for that. Like, where is, the, where is the market hot? Where is it not? What's moving? What's not? It's, Help us. It's definitely market segment by market segment. Yes. It's, it's like hit or miss. And, yep. and I'm getting to the point now, because it's been about a year since this has been going on, that I can now go into a, a listing presentation and I know this is going to be a tough sale or I know like if we price this right, it's, it's going to sell and maybe get multiple bids. So give, so unpack that for us. Like, how do you know without, without like neighborhood, or, neighborhood yeah. condition, yes. right. carrying charges, um, a lot of location. Door, doorman, no doorman. Yeah, yeah, Does doorman. that still matter? You know, um, elevator, no elevator, concierge service, no con like just I mean like what really matters? It depends. I mean, there's so many different market segments. Sure. Like new construction, new development is like mm -hmm. super luxe amenities, always yeah. a doorman, concierge, everything, yep. all the bells and whistles, you know, gyms, bowling alleys, like everything that you have in your building. Yeah. So it's like that. Everything new is no like bowling that. alley, but I like no bowling alley, it's yes. a good idea. Um, pool and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yes. Um, you know, most of the apartments I sell are doorman buildings. Yes. Uh, most of the apartments in New York are doorman buildings. Mm -hmm. There's some, you know, higher end apartments that are loft style in Soho, sure. Tribeca, downtown, where it's it's a loft building and yes. there's no doorman because it's small. They're usually full floor. Doesn't really warrant a doorman, but I'm digressing off of sure. what you were asking me. But it's so interesting, you know, you, you look nationally and you look in many cases globally, like everyone says the market's hot. And yet New York is one of those rare places like like parts of Los Angeles and maybe less today as we film this, where there's always an abundance of inventory. Yeah. But it seems like in the fall of last year. Right. And so far this year, a lot of properties that many top clients would say we're never going to sell suddenly had two offers. Are you seeing the same thing in Manhattan? Yeah. 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 So it's funny. So if you're working with buyers and you're looking for something good, there's a lot of bad inventory. Yeah. 
the good inventory is selling and everything is super price sensitive. I mean, the market is always price sensitive, always. but it's, I've never seen it in my whole career this price sensitive. Like if you overprice something, mm-hmm. you're shot in the foot and you got to right. adjust immediately in New York City. Yes. If you price it right and it's in good condition or price it even a little aggressively, you're going to get multiple bids. It's a risk to go low because you can't really raise the price. I always tell people that yeah. I'm a conservative listing agent. Mm-hmm. I don't go low unless I really think for sure we're going to get an auction situation. Yeah. Um, but this is the funny thing. So, you know, the worst time in our market was like, you know, prior to 2020 was like 2009, 2008. Right. right. And there are people right now in New York that are out of the money unless they bought mm-hmm. like in 2011 or before or yeah. 2012 and before. Yes. And then there's some people that bought in 2019 and they're going to make money on their sale. So we're like past 19, we recovered because probably different from the rest of the country. We people forget this because the pandemic year was so bad. 2019 was not a great real estate market in New York City. No, it, it was wasn't. bad. So it like everybody exactly. thinks it was not because everybody forgot because right. the pandemic year was so right. awful in so many ways. So, so the market's rebounded, but yes. it's definitely case by case. And I can now I can smell it coming a mile away. See, that's, see, that's the stuff like, I hear you say that. I hear Andy C say that. I hear Maxine Gellins. I hear all these like super luxury power brokers that like, you guys all have this like six or even seventh sense of like what's going to sell and what's not. I've asked a lot of people this question and I'm just curious for you, like what, what is selling and what isn't? And like, I'll give you an example. Like Timmy Smith said, anything four years or newer is new construction and it's gone. Everything five years old suddenly looks old and dated. Right. And like, it's, unless you price it right, it's just going to sit. What do you see in the city? So good condition, mm-hmm. um, reasonable carrying charges, mm-hmm. and um, priced right. Yeah. People don't want to renovate. If, it's got, if it needs a renovation, it needs to be priced so attractively. Right. It really does so that right. you get people that are willing to do it. Because the memo is now out about supply chain and how... Right. The contractors are super busy, yes. so they're gouging, and yeah. they're busy so they can charge more. They should, yes. God bless, but yes. like, renovating is tough. I mean, I sold something in 2020 on the Upper West Side, like a wreck, almost like an estate sale, and they're just starting, they're like 10% into their renovation right, right now. It's 2022. Right. They're going to move in in August, right. like two years later. The, and that's, I yeah. think, that everybody's dealing with that, even when you see the, the new construction. All excited about this unit. When's it going to be done? 2026. Right. Great. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Great. And you even know they're lying. You know it's right. going to probably be summer of, if not beginning of 27. But let's go back to this. I think the, the two or three questions that, that everybody always asks when, like Tom, ask, ask these luxury brokers this question. How did you break into the high end? That's uh-huh. the first one. So my, and maybe what advice would you give to someone that wants to do it? I mean, I was kind of later in life when I started in this business and mm-hmm. I used to practice law. Mm-hmm. God awful business. I mean, that's um, such a strange transition, but like, yeah. it, but it gives you a superpower that most people don't have. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. So like I went to law school for the wrong reasons. I actually enjoyed it. I, you know. I'm a late bloomer to getting into luxury real estate. Sure. Like it's everything is taking longer. So I'm going to have to work longer. Yeah. Um, I, this happened to me in Connecticut when I met you. Mm-hmm. So I was, I had this amazing year. My first, I was on a team for a year. And then my second, my first full year in the business on my own, I was on a luxury team yes. for about nine months with a top broker in New York city. And, um, I then had my first full year on my own and I did like 28 million, which was incredible. Phenomenal. And then like the next year I did 15 and then the next Mm. year I did 
10. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't take this. Yeah. Like I've got to get off this roller coaster. Yeah. At least with my law practice, like I knew stuff was coming in. Mm-hmm. And then I went to your conference, mm-hmm. the what the blueprint or whatever it yes. was called back then. Yes. And I went up to you after and I said, or on a break or something, and I said, I told you, like, I had this amazing year. I did almost 30 million. Everybody at the company I was with at the time said, you're going to be a star. You're going to be amazing. And I just sat back and waited for the phone to ring and watched my business go down. And you said, the first thing you said was, let me guess, you had one big deal that year. And I'm like, oh, he's actually smart. I was hoping to find something wrong with him. Like the first time I met you. I remember exactly where you sat at the conference. I'm walking right down the aisle and you were right on my left. I can't believe you hit the nail on the head. So that year I did, and there's a point to this story, I promise. Um, That year I sold a $12 million apartment Mm -hmm. in the plaza. I got referred um, a very big family who owns a big watch company in Switzerland, and they're all over the world. Yes. Uh, And I worked with them for a long time, and the number kept going up. They started about $5 million. Ultimately, I sold a $12 million apartment at the Mm -hmm. plaza, which is probably worth $18 or $19 now. And... um, that was it. And in the right. numbers made me like, you can't, oh, so this is the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. I did nothing to leverage that sale. Bingo. Nothing. I didn't, Bingo. I think I did a mail. It was, you know, Central Park South. So I think I did a mailing on Central Park South thinking I'm going to mail the whole block mm-hmm. and then I'm going to sit back and wait for and the, the phone. phone's going to ring. Oh my I'm gonna God, make a I'm gonna, everything's going to be 12 million and up. Yeah. Nothing. So yes. then, you know, fast forward, I started doing better in the business and I started I was top agent at my company. We'd go on these awards trips mm-hmm. and the top 25 agents would, the president of the company would take us on this trip. And I was sitting with, with somebody who's a partner, junior partner of a major broker. I think she was number one in the country last year. She's a friend of mine. Yeah. And I was talking to her. There's a lot of wine flowing and everything. And I'm on that trip, just pumping everybody for information. So that's right. point Smart. number one. Yep. Getting on that trip was amazing because I just went around to the Hamptons brokers, top Hamptons brokers, yep. top Palm Beach, mm-hmm. and the top agents in New York City. I was like, what am I doing on this trip? Right. I just happened to have sold a lot of maybe yeah. smaller apartments. Yeah. And she said to me, she goes, well, you know how it goes. She goes, you know, you get one big sale and then everybody thinks you're... And then the light clicked on in my head. I'm like, I have to leverage... bigger sales. So that's what I do now. I leverage bigger sales. Like I don't, there's no more promoting. Yeah. There's no one, one mailer. No, or there's no more social media. You know, I tell, I have a social media consultant Mm -hmm. and I tell her like, don't, no, 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 no. Only this and up on social media at this point, because, and it's not smoke and mirrors. That's what excites me now. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to get to where I am, Yeah, but I don't get excited going on a pitch for a smaller apartment. And so I'm not best suited for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best suited person. Yes. I will do it and I don't turn down any pitches, but I'm not, it doesn't excite me. And you got to be excited when you go on a, a listing presentation. So there's so much to unpack in that. Like you had that big sale and then you waited and now you have campaigns. It sounds like with your social media coordinator and other methodologies I would imagine to like beat the drum. Like remember the book I used to recommend like 10 years ago called shameless self promoter Mm. and and people hated the title, but I was like, but if you do something remarkable, like one of my clients, I was talking to the Garrisons the other day, get this of the 89 listings that they sold, 80 of them set a record price in that neighborhood. Wow. I'm like, but if you don't tell everybody that 91% of every property we sell, sets a record price in the community, you know, raising the bar for all, nobody knows. Right. So give us like two things that maybe the average person in the luxury market isn't doing that you found as a way to promote 
that success, not in the egotistical way, but like, here's our method. This is what we do. This is the results we produce. I mean, promote, promote, promote. So yeah. you, you raise a very good point. Yeah. So coming from a legal background, the first thing they teach you in law school is that it's unethical to solicit or yeah. advertise. So I had I a ton of shame. For sure. It took me years to get rid of the yeah. shame yes. of self-promotion. Yes. And I just kept beating the drum in my head. Shameless self-promotion. Yes. Shameless self-promotion. That's yeah. where I have to get to. And now I can tell, I mean, I'm almost too far yeah. on the other end. It's so fit <laughs> I'm a huge self-promoter. So, and so it, give us an example. So, you know, like, look, I just sold, uh, I just sold a duplex apartment. In, in the building where I live and if other, you know, I do most of the sales in the building, mm -hmm. but recently, you know, I'm busy. So recently, you know, a couple other agents have gotten listings in the building. One is best friends with the owner. They grew up together. Sure. Another one, others, another one with a friend and, you know, oh, I was going to say, does this drive you nuts? Okay. Well, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. You know, listen, if, if there's even a low end listing, like you want to get yeah. me going, it's like, tell me you're interviewing other brokers. Yes. That's all I need to hear. Yeah. If I'm, if I find out they're interviewing other brokers, I will do, oh, oh my God, yeah. I will not give up. So, so you sell the duplex, I sell the duplex, which was a, it was, it's a big sale and it's also, um, big for the type of apartment it is. Mm -hmm. It needs a renovation. It's, it, we listed for seven, three, five, oh, we got a really good price on it and it sold fast. Mm -hmm. And so I did a huge promotion. It's rolling out like one week to accepted offer. Two weeks to contract, highest price per square foot. Right. In on the 81st Street side of the building. Yes. And then the rest of the neighborhood, Central Park West, highest price per square foot for an eight room yep. in a really long time. Like How bang, many, bang, bang. So I heard like three pieces. So so is it safe to say that's three direct mail pieces? That's three one, social media. All in one piece. Okay. And then so the one once we went to contract, it went out on social Got immediately. It. Got it. Yeah. Do you think you're doing enough? I never feel like I'm doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, you know, you're yeah. like, you know, I love you. I don't want to rouse you and make you, no, no, but no, no, like, no, no. but no. like, I just, I get that sense that even the way you described it, I felt like that was three different pieces, three different weeks. Like Eileen Rivera has talked about forever. Like, you know, hit them eight times after, uh, from beginning to list to close yeah. and then everybody knows Michael Franco is the man. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's other, I mean, I have a whole farming program that's, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty well, but I don't, and I don't want to overdo it yeah. and annoy people. Yeah, um, that, that balance. The balance. Okay. We're going to come back to that, but I want to go back to, um, one of the things when I, when I think about you and so many of our great clients in the city and, and, and I could go to clients around the world that are you know, in Paris or in London or in Sydney. Um, you all have like this. Look, I would just call it like market knowledge greatness that makes you like the bell of the ball at every party because everybody wants to know about real estate, right? right? And when you have that market knowledge, like you don't have to seek, they come to you. How does somebody get that? Like, is that a learned skill? Like, what do you do to really keep your fingers on the pulse? Can I tell you, this is, it's such a great question. And I didn't even think about this because I kind of had an idea of what we were going to talk about, obviously. But so over the last couple of years, maybe three years, four years, I don't remember, but all of a sudden I subscribed to everything. Yes. Inman. Yes. Luxury, every luxury report right. you can get. And right. I wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I see. I see which yeah. celebrities sold in uh -huh. LA, which celebrities uh -huh. sold in um, New York City. And then yep. I immediately click on to see who did it. 
God bless the real deal. I know they could, they drive the some people deal. nuts, but the real deal is phenomenal. So I have a ton of subscriptions that yeah. all come through my phone. I have yep. my notices on for everything. So yeah. I can pick stuff up. If it's something important, I'll yep. read it. But I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm picking stuff up. And a, a friend of mine who's a luxury broker in New York City, I, I mentioned something about a, about a deal. And this is a person that's always on top of these things and the big names. Yeah. And he didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I am like, that's a on notch, top of this. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so every morning you have a routine and I, it's funny because I have the same routine and I'm looking kind of nationally, globally, Bloomberg, real deal, every, like everything, just want to know what's going on around the, the universe. Um, how do you then translate that into talking points? Like when someone says, Michael, how's the market? That's a big question for someone like you. How do you respond? You, uh, so are you buying or selling? No, I learned I that from you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah, yeah. Um, how is the market? The market is, I had a conversation with a client mm -hmm. who's been thinking about selling for two years, yeah. pandemic. He's been waiting. Yeah. He's in the Hamptons. He's like, we're going to sell. We're, yeah. we're paying maintenance on this apartment. It's a beautiful apartment. Um, how is the market? I said, the market is strong. If your place is in good shape, which yours is, it's beautifully renovated and we price it right, we're going to get multiple bids and you yeah. can get the number you want, which was in the fives. Yeah. And I'm like, we'll definitely get in the fives. And yeah. then I start telling him about what I've sold and then comparables because I'm familiar with all of the inventory, right. which did not happen overnight. Okay, it does not happen overnight. So unpack that. How do you, I mean, I would imagine if somebody called you from like way downtown financial district and said, hey, come list our $2 million apartment, you would say yes, Absolutely. but you, but you definitely specialize like most agents. You've got a territory, a part of town that you dominate. How do you keep your pulse on all of that? Cause like for the people from Washington, like most people don't get New York city doesn't have an MLS, right? right? So, I mean, you have one, but nobody uses it and there's no listings on it. Right. So what's your daily routine? Like what's your go-to for like hot sheets? What's new listings? What's just when ended? What just closed? Like where do you go for that? So we had a we had a thing at my old company that was called the Smart Report, which the guy that I worked for when I first started in the business created. Yeah. And he told me why he created it, because you can click on the Smart Report. And, and then when I got to Compass, they didn't have it. And I'm like, uh, I can't do? believe nobody like has asked for this. Corporate report from back in the day. But the yes. Smart Report is this. So you yeah. click it on and it has and I do it every day. Yeah. Like you click on. So let's say you click it on Tuesday It'll show you all the new listings, what's in contract, yep. price reductions, and yep. what's sold. Yep. Then if you click it on Wednesday, it does everything from the last time you clicked it on. Oh, so yeah. like you can click it on before you're going to somebody's house for cocktails mm -hmm. or dinner. Smart. And you can say, oh, this is what just popped up in your neighborhood, by the way. Right. And then we have coming soon at Compass. So we have stuff yeah. in private exclusives, yeah. which is always making you feel like you're in the know. Yeah. But listen, That's, that is special. Yeah. I've lived Not just in the, compass, other companies do it, but like knowing what is. the pockets are oh, yeah, in this yeah. environment. Yeah, because you know everybody yeah. wants that. Right. Everybody wants end, what nobody else can yeah, get. Yeah, all the high-end buyers want yeah. off market. The um, so this is I've lived day. in New York for thirty years. Yeah, like when I first moved to New York, for whatever reason, I got obsessed with New York real estate, mm -hmm. and I late bloomer just took me another you know fifteen years to become a real estate broker. Um, I moved to New York to practice law or to go to grad school and then practice law. So 
I know that the city like the back of my hand. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a full on New Yorker. Yeah. And that takes a long time. So there's people that just moved to the city or mm-hmm. that have only been in the city for a few years. But then there's people that maybe didn't have the interest. I've seen that with agents. I right. mean, I have an agent on my team who's been in New York forever and she gets it. She yeah. gets. Yeah. And like we know what's going on in every different neighborhood. Now, there's pockets of, of Brooklyn that I don't really sure. get. And sure. I have a team in Brooklyn that I work with on yeah. that. So. Um, but I think like knowing the city, I can work in any neighborhood in Manhattan yeah, and a lot of neighborhoods in Brooklyn, but any neighborhood in Manhattan. So it sounds like time and, and looking at the hot sheets or the, what do they call it again? The, uh, now in at compass, they call it the, the daily digest, the daily digest, daily digest right? Okay. I want to go a different direction. Um, two twenty central park South. Yes. 157 million. Yes. Two, you know, two condos or apartments put together. Right. Does that just piss you off? That wasn't yours. Uh, of course, I'll be perfectly honest. And, you know, my first blush on that is, and that's the deal I was talking about that my friend didn't know about. Yeah. And I know the agent. Well, I have a deal with her right now Mm -hmm. and she sold out the whole building. Yeah. And I said, I texted my friend. I said, do you think that she got a direct on that? Cause she was named as the broker and I think she put the deal together. Yeah. And then I said, how much do you think she got paid on? <laughs> Cause I, it was like an off market. I'm like, right. what was the, you know, right. what do you think she got paid on it? And she might've got six. Yes. I mean, the seller right. got a huge number. Right. right. So um, my first instinct was of course, cause I'm a human being and I'm honest that I was annoyed. Yeah. But then I immediately went to inspiration. It's so inspiring. There's so exactly. much money to be made in New York City in real right. estate. If that's available, right. there's right. chunks of that, which right. I'd be happy to take on. I would challenge everybody listening right now that they should all have like a four minute mile goal for a transaction. Like that, what's that number that just feels so out of reach that, oh my God, you would die if you did it. You know, like I remember, you know, Maxine Gallants, you know well, who uh, when she first did like a deal at 10 million, like 20 years ago. And she was just like, oh my goodness, right? That everybody just needs to put that on their vision board, right? If you can see it, you can start to realize it, start to taste it, start to understand it. But I want to go one totally last direction with you. Um, you know, mutual friend of ours in the city, uh, Sir Hant comes out and he says, 50% of all transactions in, I see a world in the very near future, 50% of all transactions will be done by crypto whenever they'll be on the blockchain. What do you think? Uh, I think he's a great self-promoter. For sure. I think he stays current. I yep. think he's got a good press machine. Yeah. And I think it's super relevant. And so I think regardless of whether it's accurate or not, yeah. it was a good thing yeah. to say. And it got a lot of press. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of dovetailing to some of the stuff we talked about. We have, you know, he's not really the president of our company, but Leonard Steinberg is a he's their amazing, yeah. chief evangelist. Yep. Um, he puts out a daily newsletter yep. to the company, which is it's like changed my perspective in so many ways. He gives it's like bullet points of different things that are going on in the economy. And it's right. a lot of it is geared towards luxury because that's yes. what he's done his whole career. Of course. So you see something in there and it's just having these snippets is mm-hmm. so amazing. And sound bites. Sound bites. And you go on a listing presentation and he does, you know, he puts together his own stuff, but he also does like CNBC, he does yep. Wall Street Journal and he, yep. he quotes it. And I started taking some of it and posting it on LinkedIn because it's all, you know, quotable stuff and other people do that. He doesn't care. Yeah. You'd make him happy. And, but to have this information at your fingertips and that kind of ties into all the subscriptions and having all the information coming in all the time. Yeah. So 
Ryan's super busy. He's got his own company now, and he's, I, I can't even imagine how busy he is. Yeah. But he's getting fed a lot of really great information, and yeah. he's staying on it, and he's staying relevant. It's relevant. 100%. Yeah. I was talking with uh, Mauricio Mansky, and we're talking about like access to power. Like, knowledge is power, right? Absolutely. And whoever has that extra nugget, like your friend with the 157 sale, like, you know, like, hey, like, I, did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Um, the overriding thing I get every luxury broker I talk to, every great agent I talk to, it's how much insight that they have and knowledge they have and current information that they can just rip. And it makes, yeah. it makes them the most interesting person in the room, makes them the, the educator, if you will. Right. So, so I'm going to go totally last direction, our last question. I take you tomorrow to uh, Aspen, Miami. Jackson Hole, uh, Silicon Valley tomorrow. And I drop you off and I say, here's your license. Here's a nominal little $2,000 a month marketing budget. Go. How do you rebuild your business? Wow. I would, because I've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it because the pandemic has made a lot of people think about living in other places. And, you know, Florida is appealing to me now. You mean mean Southern New York? Florida. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, you yes. know, the first thing I would do. Look at Frederick, who's opened up multiple offices now in, in Dallas, Houston. Right. Uh, right. Also Miami. Yeah. yeah. Miami, L.A. Yeah. 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 So I think the first thing I would do is um, majorly ingratiate myself with every any and every top broker yes. I could get access to. Smart. And I would, you know, I wouldn't do it without having a nest egg. Mm-hmm. And I would pay for that by taking them to dinners, taking them to lunches, doing Smart. whatever they want to do. I would, you know, listen, a lot of people are really generous in this business. Yes. Like, I mean, like, I know that Tim Smith will let somebody trail him all right. day. And right. like, people want to help people. If somebody came mm-hmm. to New York and asked me that they wanted to hang out with me all day, I would love to do that. Yes. I think giving and teaching is really fun and amazing. Yes. And I think that that's what I would do. That's what I would start doing. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it sort of like in a, I mean, I've thought about would I join a team? Maybe I would, but like they know, they know you're not a team member. Team smart team leaders know you're a team leader yeah. and that you're not going to yes. stay forever. Yeah. But you know, it's all about doing what you can, what can I do to help you? Yeah. And, and in the meantime, maybe I'm going to learn something. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely possible for somebody to really relocate. I think the skills are transferable. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing it at this point in my career. Yeah, but. but I'm just curious. Like, it's it's a fun, you know, at your level to ask anybody, like, how would you start over? And and your answer was very different from a lot of other people's, which was proximity. Okay, so to the I, people that are doing all the deals, like access to them gives you insight that others don't have. Yeah, I would start with that, and I would also start with just learning the the market inside mm-hmm. and out, learning the inventory, going to every single open house, going anywhere you can to learn the inventory. Yeah, I didn't do enough of that at the beginning of my career, and then once you get busy, you don't have time. Right. So right. to like ramp up fast. Yeah. Know the market, know the market, know the market, and know the players in the market. Know the players, and then get involved in the community. You got to join something. You got to do something to start meeting people. Well, it's it's that beachhead. Okay, I'm going to get to know this group of people. The other one I heard a bunch was uh, I would go on LinkedIn to figure out who I already know that's there, or who who do I know that knows someone else who's there. So you have that like sort of access point to new relationships, or you know, start because you're starting over, right? Right. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Michael, I'm so happy you were on this show. Like you, you've been it's on great. my list for a long time of like, you know, just getting in front of you with a camera and saying, you know, let's just openly talk about your business. So what's the goal for this year? What are you going to do in 2022? We, our goal team and I is to do 250 million in volume 
and that is 160 transactions. The price point, my team's price point is lower than my price sure. point, and I'm trying to build them up. We have a small team. It's not yeah. a huge team. Yeah. Three you agents. A, you have a great team. Great team. Yeah. You Excellent have a great people. Team. 250 million is a rarefied air, my friend. It's happening. It is going to happen. It's happening. We're all, we're well on our way. I love it. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Okay. So Thanks. leave a comment. Make sure you follow Michael Franco on all social channels. He's everywhere. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You're on TikTok? Uh, sort of. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's on there doing What's TikTok, TikTok for him. Yes. I'm on Reels, the competitor. You're killing on Reels. Killing yes, Reels. yes, yeah. with Instagram. Yeah. So make sure you follow them. And then, of course, if they want to reach out to you, they can just Michael Franco. They're going to find you everywhere. Franco at Compass. Franco at Compass. All right. So we're out. Thank you guys so much for watching. Look forward to the next show. 